Hello? Hey, my friend. I got that kid I was talking to you about here. I'm gonna put him on the phone and let you talk to him, okay? Hello? Is that Frank? Yes. Hiya, Frank. This is Jimmy Hoffa. Glad to meet you. Glad to meet you, too, even if it's over the phone. Our friend speaks very highly of you. Thank you. Only three people in the world have one of these. And only one of them is Irish. I heard you paint houses. Yes, I do, sir. Where are you going? Going to work. Well, you know, there's a situation going on now, Frank. Big business and the government, they're trying to pull us down. You might be demonstrating a failure to show appreciation. I know things they don't know I know. You can't miss the big picture. Sooner or later. Get the gun out of his hand! Everybody put here as a date when he's gonna go. You wanna be a part of this fight? Would you like to be a part of this history? Yes, I would. Whatever you need me to do, I'm available. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Film 89 podcast. My name is Steve Namos and I am the writer with Film89.co.uk. With me today, making his Film 89 podcast debut, is Mr. Tony Soa. Tony, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Very good, thank you. Welcome to Film 89. Oh, well, it's a great honour to be here. I've listened to uh, many of the podcasts and uh, enjoyed them. And uh, yeah, it's fab to be in on one and to talk about The Irishman. Yeah, well, as you say, tonight we'll be discussing Martin Scorsese's epic new gangster film, The Irishman, a three and a half hour movie starring Robert De Niro, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. But before we start, let's cast our minds back to a film which I know is very close to your heart, Tony, Michael Mann's 1995 classic, Heat. Now, Heat was the first time that we saw De Niro and Pacino on the screen together. They'd previously been seen in The Godfather Part 2, but Heat is the first time they ever sat down and shared a frame. So, Tony, can you remember the excitement that people felt at seeing these two iconic stars together for the first time? Oh, yeah. Oh, completely. I, um, I was a massive Michael Mann fan by this point anyway, but I remember clearly reading a small snippet somewhere in a magazine saying, De Niro and Pacino were teaming up for a crime film with Michael Mann. And I just, that was it. I couldn't wait. That's Nirvana. Yeah, it was, and I think this would have been early 94 or so. So about two years prior to the UK release of Heat. And of course, in those days, you couldn't go online and search When was it released in the UK then? I think it was January 96. Oh, okay. So it would have been late 95 in the US, early 96 in the UK. And uh, that was it. Any little snippet you could find, which of course was scarce, in those days yes of course yeah. it was you know it was all print media there was no digital media you couldn't go on twitter or and find the latest on-set photographs or imdb to find out any trivia it was all magazines essentially or a little something on tv and i remember seeing the trailer for the first time it was remember the uh, cinema attractions it used to be out on oh, the yes, early yeah, yeah. hours of... oh it's something we've mentioned quite a few times on oh. the show and i think it became known as cinema 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 yeah it seems to change yeah. its title every six yeah. months this, this show yeah and recording it and then playing it back the following day because it was on in earlier always on in the early hours and then the heat trailer came on and i must have ordered the vhs out because the trailer was fantastic yeah and of course x number of weeks later the film was released and the film was even better than the trailer 
and surpassed my expectations. And one of the, the genius stroke that Michael Mann made in that film was everybody, you know, builds it up. Everybody has these huge expectations of Pacino and De Niro together. But he, he kind of subverted all our expectations, didn't he? Yeah. And he just made them just have him sit down in a coffee shop, <clears throat> yeah. have a drink and talk about their dreams. Yeah, which you wouldn't expect at all. No. Particularly the first time they were doing it, in the film, I mean. Yes. Yeah, because I suppose their characters are on parallel lines for most of the film. Yeah, but I think it's about 90 minutes in the coffee shop scene. That's about half Yeah, and then, yeah, <laughs> and then they converge, and then they diverge, and of course, obviously, the firefight, they yeah. reconverge, if you like, and then at the end. So, yeah, they, they, they kind of only meet once, twice, three times, really, I suppose, in the course of the entire film. And yet, um, we still remember it because of, yeah. well, De Niro, Pacino together. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that is. Know, there's not many coffee shop scenes. <laughs> That, that you know, is so iconic. Maybe yeah. when Harry met Sally. Yeah. For a very different reason. Yeah. 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 And that's about it, isn't it? Yeah. As you say, if you ask many, most people, name what a scene from Heat, it would be that one, yeah. principally. That, and then maybe the firefight. Yes. Yeah. And but yeah, I think most people, nine out of ten, would be say the coffee shop scene. Yeah. Yeah. And it's two guys sitting down talking to each other. They did reteam again a few years later for the. Um... Oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> Are you sure? Righteous kill. You oh, have seen it, don't I, you? I, I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And that's your review, is it? Yeah. It, um, <laughs> and you've been polite. No, it's not a great film. It's I think by any stretch of the imagination. No. It was great to see them re-team. I, I think that the, the the concept of it, I thought this could be intriguing. Yeah. But the execution no. was awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I'll, uh, won't comment any further than on Righteous Kill. Yeah, yeah. With all due respect to everyone who's involved in Righteous Kill, it, it's not the greatest film. No. No, it's not. But then, of course, now we've got, it's 2019, and they are back together again in Martin Scorsese's film, The Irishman, or I Heard You... I Heard You Paint Houses. Paint Houses, yeah. which, you know, we'll start discuss the film in a couple of seconds, but the title sequence, you expect it to say The Irishman at the beginning. Mm. It doesn't. No. It's I Heard, and then a scene, you paint, mm. and then and houses, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So we don't see The Irishman until the very end. Yeah, that really struck me. And yeah. I was, stu- I didn't expect that at all. I've read in a few uh, references online where apparently, I don't know if it was De Niro or, or Scorsese and De Niro, but I think De Niro wanted the book to be the film's title, i.e. I Heard You Paint Houses. And of course, with all the, the lead up to it, and it's been great, I suppose it would have been a bit of a spoiler if I'd read, or if you actually watched the film, that's the title at the beginning. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think it would have spoiled it for me. A minor spoiler, obviously. But um, yeah, that was a big surprise when it opened like that. As you're saying, it almost at the end, where you do see the Irishman, I heard you paint houses, comes up, was almost like a subtitle it does, to yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, the Irishman, it should have colon, I heard you paint houses, if you like. Uh, and yet none of the advertising no. has really mentioned, I heard you paint houses. No. Apart from, it's based on the novel. Yeah. You know, and yet it's got such a prominent position in the, yeah. in the film. And as you say, it's a, three separate title cards. It's yeah. not as if it was just one. No. It segments the title up. Yeah. And that's the only... Titles. Did they actually have any? I can't remember. Did they have no, no, there's no credits. No, no credits. No credits. Until the very end. There's the Red N that we're familiar course, with. Yes. And Tribeca to Productions. And then. Yeah. And it was so strange. We'll get we'll get onto um, Netflix a bit later. But yeah. it's so strange seeing the Netflix sign. Yeah. It, 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 it was a bit, bit odd. I haven't seen this before. I remember you mentioning the potential for a film many, many years ago. Almost 10 years ago, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, about 10 years ago. And because you'd already read the, the book, yeah. Charles Brandt's book. Yeah. So tell me how you heard of uh, uh, this book and the film. I've read a, a fair number of crime non-fiction books over the years, and I read a review of this book, I Heard You Paint Houses. So I started to read the, 
the review, this guy, Frank Sheeran, who claimed to be a friend of Hoffa's and claimed to have killed Hoffa. That's interesting. Kept reading, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, it was almost like a postscript to the review. Um, Robert De Niro was optioned the rights to this book and he plans to make it with Martin Scorsese and Al Pacino. It was like... Why didn't they put that at the beginning? Yeah. <laughs> and it was almost a similar... <laughs> you would have already bought the book. Oh, yeah. Well, shortly after, I think I did buy it. You know, that was it. I bought the, couldn't get my hands on it quick enough. And so it was a similar experience to when I read about Heat, that, that little snippet yeah. in the magazine saying, this is in production or it's about to go into production. So it was, well, I can't wait for this. Yeah, so I say, what was that? It must have been about 2010 or so. Yeah. And I read the book, thought it was fantastic. Could see, you could see the potential immediately. Anyone who reads the book, this is fantastic. Mm, absolutely. In anyone's hands, yeah, but particularly yeah. with Scorsese directing and that potential cast. And there was course, no mention of Al Pacino at the time, of course, was there? I think so. There was it? Yeah, oh, okay. I'm fairly certain. No, Pesci, definitely not. I'm, but I'm fairly certain it was Scorsese, De Niro and Pacino. No, I'm, I'm fairly certain it wasn't Pesci. Then, of course, Scorsese went on to direct a number of other films. Yeah. And then you're hearing in you know, rumblings about the cost, um, potential backers, or they do have backers and the backers pull out. And it almost seemed to be fated to never get made. No, because they were they did have the green light to make another film based on a Don Winslow novel. Yeah. Is that Frankie Machine? Yeah, The Winter of Frankie Machine yeah. is the novel, yeah. And um, they actually had the green light for that, and it was, De Niro was uh, researching that film, Yeah. and the assassin, when he read, I heard you paint houses, yes. and then they went to Paramount and said, look, we want to do this film instead. Mm. And I think Paramount were very surprised because they had the green light on a film, which doesn't happen very easily in Hollywood, Right. and yet they want to throw all that away and start again. Yeah. And obviously it didn't progress with Paramount, no. and it you know took a long time to get yeah. to the, get to the screen in the meantime they have aged and they no longer the target age of the characters right. although although saying that the age of the characters does um, Robert Nero goes from was it about 25 to 83 yeah. I think yeah. do you know anything about how this technology was developed I believe uh, reading an article that they did a test I think it was 2015 I think ILM came to them and said look we think we've developed a way of de-aging or youthification as Scorsese puts it I think it was important to Scorsese to not have head rigs, you know, and cameras on their faces, and to I think it was to be as unobtrusive as possible. Yeah, and yeah, we often see that with Avatar, for example. Yeah. you've got that little camera. Yeah, precisely. Face, yeah. yeah, and I think obviously because it was more less effects-driven film, obviously the effects are part of it. But I think not getting away the performance. Performance is apparently ILM came to them and said, "We think we can do it." So they restaged a scene from Goodfellas. It was the um, the bar scene. I think, yeah, wasn't that's it. it. Yeah. The, the Cadillac is the out. Cadillac. The pink Cadillac's out the front. Yeah. yeah. Johnny Roast Beef, is it? Johnny Roast Beef? <laughs> I think it's, if my memory serves me correctly. So I think they, they shot it with De Niro. Um, ILM did their wizardry. Uh, I think they, they screened the footage for you know, the filmmakers and they were just stunned. I said, you know, this is viable. We can yeah. do this. Rather than, I think Scorsese did not want to employ younger actors to play them at the obviously. Which would have been the obvious uh, normal choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, with the technology, they could do it, they realised. They got to that stage. And it wasn't that it could be done, it was how to do it as well, I think. Yeah, and then, and then after that, it was the, the cost involved. Yeah. Because this technology is not cheap. No. Special effects are not cheap anyway. No, and it's a period uh, film. And it's a period film, yeah. And so they had to, well, they put, they shopped around, mm. and in the end, only Netflix were willing to put the money. Yeah. Fair play to Netflix. Or, yeah, or credit to them. Uh, they had the cash, obviously. Say what you like about their methods. It's um, this film got made because of them. What do you think of you know? We, we were, I would say, privileged mm. to see it in the cinema. Yeah, I've seen every uh, Scorsese film since Goodfellas in the cinema. Right, even Kundun, which I mean, I, I like Kundun, but yeah. it, it, it didn't exactly uh, make a lot of waves, did it? No, it's uh, not high concept, no, is it? No, yeah, apart from the you know a scene in um, The Sopranos. 
Oh yeah. When Scorsese's he's going yeah. to nightclub and you right. somebody I loved you, I love Condon, you know, it's a fantastic <laughs> scene. Tell us what what is the Irishman about? The Irishman, okay. A man named Frank Sheeran, who was a veteran of the Second World War, who became a truck driver in the US, in uh, Philadelphia, and he becomes involved with organised crime in the form of a man named uh, Russell Buffalino. Buffalino takes him under his wing, becomes almost like a father figure, I suppose you could say. And um, I think it's telling in the film, you can see that Buffalino and his wife don't have children. So I suppose he does become a bit of an adoptive. Yeah, in turn, in time, Buffalino introduces Frank to Jimmy Hoffa. And as he says in the film, when he meets Buffalino for the first time, that was the rest of his life. Mapped. I heard you paint houses. The title is obviously a euphemism for killing, you know, being a hitman, and obviously paint being the blood on the wall. Yeah. I suppose ultimately, then the, the story becomes almost like a, a triangle between, on one side, Russell Buffalino, Jimmy Hoffa on the other, and in between them is Frank Sheeran. Yes. Yeah. And that, especially in the second half of the film. Yeah. That More is so, very yeah. yeah very prominent because. Jimmy Hoffa spent some time in prison. He's no longer the president of the no. Teamsters. Yeah. And he wants to get that back. Yes. And his personality, he's not the type to say no. No, no. He's not he, the type to back, da- back down at all. You know, quite a healthy ego. I think it would be an <laughs> understatement he has. And yeah, and he's, even though he's told in no in certain terms it's not to be, or that's in the past, it's, he won't listen, as you say. He's quite stubborn. Yeah. So yeah, and it, I think that's what it is. Obviously, it's this power play and the power struggle. Whereas Hoffa becomes more to the fore, but then obviously you've got Frank in the middle. Yeah. And he's trying, he's trying to please everybody, I suppose. And that's what I found watching it was, that was probably more more interesting aspect of the film. It wasn't Goodfellas. Well, know? that's and one of the questions I was going to ask you. Do you think this is leading up to it? A lot of people are saying this is Goodfellas 2. No, no. Or perhaps Casino is Goodfellas 2 and this yeah. would be number 3. Right. But it's not, is it? No, no way. No, I, I can't see that at all. If, if you do go in expecting that, you'll be sorely disappointed. On a technical level, because it's not as... Um, dazzling, if we should we say. I'm not saying no. it's, it's, it's you know, obviously made with great skill, but it's not. What does I think Scorsese no. described Goodfellas once as a two and a half hour trailer? It's got that kind of exhilarating it, it feeling. Has, yes, yes. Yeah, whereas yeah. this isn't. No, no, it's not as flash. At no, all. no, no. But uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was just, it. Was obviously you've got the, the, the crime aspect of it, but more this Frank's position where he's. He feels compromised a lot, I think, a lot of the time. And he feels vulnerable. He does, yeah. And he doesn't know yeah. what to do. Or he knows and, what and to do. And he's not as confident as the others. No. And, yeah, and he's not in a position of power. No. And decisions are made for him a lot of the time. I think, you know, what to do, he's, he's told what to do. Yeah. Well, let's go back to the beginning first. Yeah. So the first time we see him, he's at a uh, nursing home. Yes. And he's telling somebody his, st- his story. Obviously, that must be Charles Brandt. Mm. But if you know, at the same time, he's telling us his story. Yeah. And then we see you know, a lot of flashbacks. And yeah. the main skeleton of the story, the main spine, I should say, is probably is the road trip, which Frank and Russell Buffalino and their wives take. And they go to a wedding. And it's, you know, as we find, you know, things happen on that trip. And it's, it leads to, the, you know, the assassination and everything. And then it's also fa- flashbacks again further. Mm. So let's, you know, we've got to address it because it's something that a lot of people have been um, discussing from the moment they saw the trailer, mm. the special effects. All right, We mentioned already how it came about. Yeah. Are they convincing? Oh, yeah. I, I, no question. I think maybe the first time you see it, you go, oh, early on. I mean, the, the very first shot you see of the Nero de-aged. Mm-hmm. He's driving a truck and the camera's kind of face on to him. Yeah. And you do think, oh, that's a bit, perhaps it's not 100% convincing. But after that, I thought it was seamless. I, I think that is something that you could pick holes on throughout if you wanted to oh yeah and because you are aware of it you're looking for it yeah but then i think that after a while because the film is so strong yeah and the story is so good yeah you forget about that very quickly oh no question and i think people focus on de niro all the way through Mm. and the special effects on his face Mm. nobody ever mentions the the effects on pacino or pesci Mm. and yet 
Well, that's a sign. I think that it, it, yeah. it worked very, very well. Because didn't you say, uh, isn't Pacino DAs in every single scene? I, I believe that's what I, yeah. 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 And, oh, you would never guess. Well, you know, I mean, Pacino's, I think, the, is he the oldest of the lot? I think he's um, 78 or something like that. Yeah, he? he's in that age, yeah. Um, and, of course, he's playing somebody, I don't know how old Hoffa was when he died. Mm. But, yeah, I think he was only in his 50s. Yeah. So he's played... Yeah, he's got a good couple yeah, of yeah. decades younger. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And even uh, Pesci, the the programme notes in the cinema we had, mm. said he was as um, leathery as a tortoise. Yeah. I think that's a, <laughs> a fantastic description mm. of it because in many, many scenes, that's what he does look like. Yeah. And yet, the earlier scenes, the flashback scenes, we don't even think about his no. you know, special no. effects. No. Yeah, his, again, I was going to say, his de-aging, if you like, is amongst the most convincing mm. because you say you don't even think of it. You think, oh, that's how he looks. And of yeah. course he doesn't. No, I think that the uh, the effects are, you can see the money on the screen. Yes, yes. You know, that, it's so convincing, breathtaking of what they've done. Mm. Do you think um, it would have worked with other actors? Mm. It's a moot point, isn't it? But probably not. It is a moot point. Yeah, probably point. not. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm glad yeah. they went the route they did. Yeah. How about the body movement? Because these are men, you know, they're all in their seventies. You know, as you get older, you, yeah, the way you walk, the way you hold yourself yeah. does change. And I know they had coaches mm. to teach them how to walk and talk like, yeah. uh, you know, younger men. Yeah. Was that convincing? Uh, it didn't, didn't even occur to me. No. Yeah, so it must have been. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think well, that guy's seventy odd, but was he supposed to be forty odd? But he's moving like a seventy year old. I didn't think that at all. No, no, no I, I just bought into it all. That's, yeah. that's an excellent yeah, sign, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought there was one scene early on, and, and maybe it's because it's early on in the film, you are more open to looking for things like that, yeah. you know, before, as I say, because the film is really, really strong, mm. and quickly forget about it. But there was once, you know, the scene when he takes his daughter to the grocer's, right. the grocer's um, shoved his daughter, yeah. and he takes his, the grocer outside and starts kicking him and stuff. And I was, at that time, I was thinking, ooh, you know, is that a 70 year old man doing that? Oh, right. And it just occurred to me. Yeah. You know, that's that's why I'm thinking of it now is because I probably wouldn't have thought of it apart from that scene. Yeah, I, I didn't at the time. No, yeah. I no, I can't say it even occurred to me last night was watching. It was their age. They didn't act age appropriate for want of a better term. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, no it, it was, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic, the de-aging. It worked completely for me. Yeah, so it was a good idea by... Oh, yeah, Scorsese yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, and I Netflix. Yes, for it. yeah, well done, Netflix. <laughs> De Niro, Pacino together. The first time they ever, they meet on in this um, film, they meet on the phone. Yes. And uh, De Niro says, oh, it's, you know, good to meet you. And he says, yeah. And Pacino Hoffa says, yes, good to meet you on the phone. Yeah. And I think that was quite nice as well because, mm. um, they, you know, they, they, the first time you see them, it's like a build-up to get until they... But then when they do come together, there's no fanfare or no. anything. yeah. It's, it's a service story and that's yeah. it. Yeah, and it's not this, this is De Niro and Pacino meeting. This is two guys, uh, Hoffa and Frank. Yeah, the meeting on the phone was really well done. And that's the scene that we first saw the de-aging in the, uh, that's right. the trailer, the first trailer, that's the teaser. Right. Yeah, the very final shot of that, yeah, that yeah, trailer. Yeah, the, trailer, the, the camera kind of pans around his that's face right. and, uh, and then we see him on the phone talking and, of course, uh, Pacino is there as well. Yes. And he's been de-aged yeah. on the other side. Yeah, and of course yeah. the focus, you know, no one meant, as you say, no one commented on that on Pacino because... Well, yeah, even in the trailer when people, you know, every, it was almost as if the, the build-up was to see <laughs> De Niro's face yeah. and people commenting on that. Mm. But it was flashing back to yeah. Pacino all the time, yeah. cutting back and forth. And that wasn't an issue at all, no, was it? Because, yeah, they didn't see it. So yeah, it must have worked for them. Yeah. yeah. But going back to the performances, yeah, I mean, De Niro and Pacino, they're not bad actors, are they? <laughs> no. <laughs> they're not. The last they're 50 not. years, I think they've, they've proved themselves. Yeah. But again, they're both on top form. Yeah. Somebody like De Niro, you know, every so often he makes a bad film. Yeah. Puts it bad grandpa, things like that. You <laughs> Righteous know. Kill. Right, Righteous Kill. He's made some good ones in between that um, people don't talk about because I, I remember um, City by the Sea. 
Oh, which I, I thought was really, really yeah. good. Yeah, it was a really excellent performance by him. I can see why he wanted to do that. Right. But when he does do something bad, we point the finger very, very quickly. Right. Because we expect greatness from mm. him. But when he does something very, very good, mm. we don't always recognise it. No, I think it's because anyone like him and Pacino, who are so synonymous, A, with what they do, and B, work at a high level, it's just, as you say, it's just the norm. Pacino is good in that film. Well, of course he is. I always think of The Insider in terms of the attention was on Russell Crowe at the time because he was more in the ascendancy. Yeah. And Christopher Plummer because I was a bit of a comeback for him. And both are great, but I think Pacino is fantastic in that film. But again, it's because, oh, he's Pacino. What do you expect? Yeah, going back, they're, they're both really pushed, I think, and, and really... The material was obviously the, the challenge as well. They were both fantastic. Pacino you know, is the, obviously the more... He's perfectly cast for Hopper. Yeah, you know, he is, is more charismatic. Brusque. He's more, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the charisma, the uh, loquacious, great grandstanding. He's known for barking, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, you know, what was it, you know, in Heat when he's, you know, so many times, oh. he can just not to sixty. Not to, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, and I think they're they're, they're great studying contrast, and they're, they're they're paired together, and, and people compare them so often, but they've got such different styles, and they've got very different personalities in real life. Yeah, well, haven't they? and they seem they which. To me, I don't know them personally, but that's how they seem to come across in their performances. You know, you've yeah, got this yeah. more talkative... Pacino is almost like an old classical actor. Right. I mean, he loves his Shakespeare, yeah. he loves his stage, whereas De Niro doesn't come across no. that. I mean, he, yeah. he doesn't like the limelight. He doesn't no. like, as we all see him in interviews. Right. He can be sitting down and the interviewer can ask a long question and lead up to something and he'll go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he laughed because he realizes that he's not given the answer that yeah. you know people want, and yet that's the only answer he can give. Yeah. You know because that's who he is. Yeah. But he's brilliant. I think as I said last night, I love just sometimes just watching his face in the film. Yeah. You know he's great, obviously delivering dialogue, but sometimes you just watch his face. Whereas you know, Pacino's good as well, but Pacino is great with the dialogue and yeah, the berating yeah, someone yeah, yeah. and yeah. You know, barking, as you say. Yeah, and they yeah both... there's a great moment, if you can go on there, when he's um, having to go at all the Teamster leaders oh, yeah. and he's yeah. calling them the worst names possible <laughs> and De Niro's at the back and he walks out yeah. and then Pacino follows him and he says, what are you walking out for? He yeah. says, you know, all the things you just called me, he said, oh, I didn't mean you. Yeah, <laughs> meant them. Yeah, not you. Come back in, yeah. Yeah, I think they're, they're, you know, they're a great study in contrasts in terms of their acting styles and the, the characters they play in this film. Uh, yeah, both on, on top form. Mr Pesci? Yes, yes, yes. We, when we think of Joe Pesci, we think of a certain, certain style, a certain performance, a certain character. Yeah. You know, we think of Goodfellas and yeah. Casino. Yeah. And even when he's in other films like Home Alone mm-hmm. or My Cousin Vinny. Right. You know, it's a certain style. Yeah. JFK. This is not. JFK, yeah. yes. This is not no. that kind of performance oh. at all, is it? Uh, he's so understated. And he is. Uh, it's, it's pitch perfect, this performance. Mm. He, he's, he's phenomenal. He is, he's like the eye of the storm. He is, yeah. yeah he's yeah. so calm and there's so much going on around him. And in many respects, he's just like Frank Sheeran is between Buffalino and mm. Hoffa. Yeah. Buffalino himself is in between, as he says, higher-ups. Yeah. And there are others more powerful than yes. him yes. who are putting pressure on him. Yes. Uh, yeah, we never see. We never but, see, But, no. you know, we know. And if he's saying he's under pressure, yeah. he's under pressure. Because, it is what it is. Yeah, because uh, as Frank says, everyone listens to Russ, but obviously there's certain people that Russ listens to. Everyone has a boss, I suppose, is, is the... Uh, there's always a bigger fish. Yeah, but he's so um, yeah understated is, is perhaps the, the only thing I can really say to describe his performance. You can't take your eyes off him when he's on the no. screen. He is, he's, he's brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's in complete control at all times. Yeah. And he reminded me of Paulie in The Goodfellas, right. Paul Savino. Yeah. 
because I think there's a um, comment um, Henry Hill makes, you know, in his commentary about mm-hmm. he doesn't have to do anything. He doesn't have to move fast. He doesn't have to shout. Yeah, because it's just his presence. Right. Because that scene when they, you know, they doing a bit of roughhousing in the street, and he just comes out. He just looks at them, right. and he walks back in, and they're yeah. like, "It's your fault." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? but of course, the, the the difference between the Paul Sorvino character and is physically oh yes, there's, yes. there's no oh, he's Paul still Savino got this yeah, huge he's a small he's, mountain he, isn't he yeah yeah but uh, yeah Pesci's obviously a much smaller guy physically but has the same aura in the film in the Irishman the same power but without screaming and shouting and, and you, don't, you don't even see him commit any violence in this film there's that one flat, small flashback where you see the aftermath obviously of something that he's done he comes home and his, his uh, shirt is covered in blood yeah but he gets other people to do that yeah you know, he doesn't have to get his hands dirty literally it's Delegated. Yeah, and that's one of the themes of Goodfellas was how the whole world is enclosed. Yeah. They don't see the outside world. No. That f- scene did remind me of that because he comes home and his wife sees him. Yeah. And she just accepts it. She yeah. knows something's happened. Yeah. But it's, that's who he is. Yeah. That's his life. And of course, I think she, wasn't she a, um, a, a yeah. niece of somebody? Yeah. Mob royalty. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah, so she just, you know, tells him, you know, take your clothes off yeah. and just leave them and I'll yeah. sort them out. And then she, she even says, don't forget your shoes. Yeah, I know. She, so, but, yes. and it's almost as if it's a weariness, you know. Yeah. He's obviously tired. He's come back. He's a bit of um, weariness on top of him. And then she says, don't forget his cl- your shoes. And yeah. you can see his shoulders, you know, oh, sag a little bit yeah. more. Because she's been, she's done it before, obviously. Yeah, well practiced. Yeah. No, he is. For all the plaudits that are being heaped upon him for this performance, he's well deserved, well deserved completely. And to think he hasn't acted for 10 years. No, I know they are too. Love they Ranch. Him. Love Ranch. Love Ranch, I think was his last film. Oh, I can't say I've seen that one. No, it's, um, I did read about it. Uh, Taylor Hackford, I think. Oh, okay. With um, Helen Mirren. Oh, I can't say I know. But, uh, yeah, that was his last on screen yeah. um, performance. But yeah, is it 50 times reportedly he turned down the role? You read these things, how how much of it is true? Who counsel? Do they have a a, a clicker? (laughs) Joe's turned it down again. Okay, Mark (laughs) went on the board. Yeah, I I, I doubt they do that. But but then they say when the myth becomes legend, which we'll probably mention a bit bit later when we discuss uh, the veracity of the the story. There's been a lot of talk about Oscars, and there's been a Netflix film. Right. Now, they were nominated last year for Roma, I think, mm-hmm. and they won, was it, did he win Best Foreign Language Film? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. And Roma was fantastic. Now, this is even higher profile, and it's um, getting a much um, wider release, although not much of a wider release no. when it comes to cinema. No. So, do you think any of them are Oscar-worthy, or do you oh, think that they'll... Uh... I think they deserve, no question, to be yeah. you know, nominations across the board, but whether it'll be a backlash against who's backed them yeah. remains to be seen. Do you think this because last year... Part of the backlash was led by Steven Spielberg because he was trying to get Green Book one instead of Roma. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, right. And that's what he was backing because he didn't like Netflix. But of course, Spielberg and Scorsese are friends. Yeah. Do you oh, think? Uh, oh, I don't yeah. know. Uh, I wouldn't like. To, I won't be drawn on that one. I'm a big <laughs> Spielberg fan. I, I won't say anything bad against him. But I mean, he's trying. He's fighting for his own. Oh, side. I see. Same as this controversy about um, Scorsese and versus Marvel. Oh, stuff right. Like that. right. Yeah, I mean, people blow it up, and you know. Well, did but uh, was Spielberg a producer of? Was he behind Green Book? Was he, did he have any involvement in it? I don't know. Oh, right. I, okay. I, I don't know. I, I have seen Green Book recently, and it's a crowd please. I don't yeah. know if you've seen it. No. It's not Oscar-worthy, if you ask me. Yeah. You know, it, it's an okay film. Right. It's Driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Reversed. <laughs> you know, there's enough moments in there to make you laugh and make right. you smile. Right. There's no, um, there's no substance to it whatsoever. It will be interesting to see what happens come nomination time. Or even prior to that, gold, the award season as a whole, I suppose. Yeah. Golden Globes. And then you have the, so um, yeah, the LA critics and the oh, right, critics yeah. and all that, because yeah. that is a build-up of it. You know, yes. That's where the momentum is yeah. gathered, isn't it? So. I, I think 
generally speaking, it'll get recognised. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't see it not being recognised. Oh, but the performances, because as far as I'm concerned, I think Pesci, if anybody deserves it again, I think he deserves yeah. it. I think out of the three main principles, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah. they're all great, but yes, him in particular. Yeah, but you know, everybody's going to be talking about De Niro and especially... Pacino, yes, because Pacino's performance is the type that yeah. you know it draws the type. You know, <laughs> just as uh, Hoffa is a type who loved the attention. Yeah, it's a performance that loves attention. Oh as well, yeah, isn't it, yeah. You know? It's probably any other actor you would say they're uh, hamming it up. Yeah, but with Pacino, I say no, he's brilliant. I, I love him. Well, well, the story but, goes that when he was giving the speeches in the film, yeah, you know, to all these big crowds, and they were filming it. They had to stop him because he kept <laughs> on going on and on and on. Rain him in. Yeah, yeah. You know, another performance which has got a lot of discussion mm. and I don't think it's going to be mentioned in the Oscars but I think you know it's a fantastic performance is Anna Paquin yeah now the controversy is that she's only got is it six words or seven words yeah, or something something like that. Like that, yeah. as far as I'm concerned I thought she was fantastic yeah and and the lack of dialogue it was essential she couldn't speak yeah oh, her face said it all yeah it spoke volumes her silence it was more yeah. eloquent than any words yeah yeah in something like that I think the the lazy thing to do for a writer yeah. is to put a big speech in Right. And, you know, for her to be, be berating her father all the time. But I think, you know, the, the brave thing to do is to get an actress who you know is good enough that doesn't need speech and just the stare. Oh, I agree. I think she's... If there hadn't been this controversy about her lack of dialogue, it wouldn't have occurred to me. Well, she only says six words in the entire film. She is just fantastic. And the, the character, Peggy, Frank Sheeran's daughter, is probably one of the best characters in the film yeah. for me. She is, I suppose, if you'd want, and for a better term, the, the audience, if you like. Yeah. In that she sees everything. She is, yeah, yeah. Um, and that she's, perhaps we'll get onto it later, but one of the, the great themes or aspects of the film is it does not glamorise the criminal no, lifestyle no. in any way, shape or form. No, but if you think that it, it possibly could, she's the anchor oh, that pulls yeah. it down. Oh, no question about that. Uh, she She's the conscience, if you like. And what I love was, even as a child, they were the, these guys were transparent to her. She could see right through them yeah. for what they were. Yeah. And whilst um, a lot of people either couldn't or overlooked it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah, or bought into it. Didn't want to yeah. see through them. She could see through her father. She could see through Russell Buffalino. I suppose that notion of spectator sees all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're involved in that world, you can't see it. But no. she was outside of it. And the only person she had a, a relationship with was Hoffa. Yeah. Because, you know, he wasn't part of that. And, no. And what, say what you like about him, he was quite genuine. Yeah. You know. And he did improve the lives of the Yeah, members, yeah. And that's what members. he wanted to do. Yeah. It, well... To a certain extent, he wanted to have that central role because he thought only he could do it properly, yeah. you know, and that's his ego. But yeah. at least he was trying it, you yeah. Know? And she, and that's why I think she was attracted to him in that respect. Yeah. But there's that great scene when um, De Niro Sheeran is has come home and he's having breakfast, and mm. she just comes to the doorway and just stares at him. Yeah. Oh, the the night before was the crazy Joe Gallo yes. murder yeah. which Frank Sheeran committed. Yeah, and he's in the he's in his kitchen having his cereal and TV news and he's reporting yeah. the murder of crazy Joe Gallo. And she enters the room and she just looks at him, looks at the TV, listening to the TV news report, and they just look at each other and that's it. You know what each other is thinking. She knows he did it. Yeah. He doesn't have to say anything. She doesn't have to say anything. No. And um, it's so powerful. And it is, the, yeah. I think doesn't a friend or a sister come down and say, oh, come on, it's time to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And that's about and the only that, dialogue. That breaks it. Yeah. Because if it wasn't her friend come down and do that, then I think that it, it may have led something. It may have led mm. to an argument, yeah. you know, much earlier because yeah. obviously they, they did have a big argument. Yeah. you know, later. When she does say it, I think the dialogue all happens is after the murder of uh, Hoffa. Yeah. He, you know, they're all sitting down watching the, the news and he's, you know, he's asked, you know, any news yet? Yes. You know, as if I'm completely innocent. And then he says that he hasn't phoned Joe Hoffa 
um, Jimmy Hoffa's wife. Yeah. And the only thing she says is, why? Why haven't you phoned her? Yes. And, and, it's, and it's like, is it 48 hours since he's disappeared? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think then, you know, he, he realises then that not only does she know, you know, it's him. Yeah. She's, she's always known. Yeah. But also that... He, he needs to do something. He needs to say something. And, mm. and of course, it's on his conscience as well. Yeah. You know, this is the best friend. That's a big theme again in the film is guilt, isn't it? Conscience, yeah. regret, remorse. And it leads on, that, that what you've just described, then leads on to, as we said last night, one of the, probably one of the best scenes in the film. And it really showcases De Niro at his best when he rings Joe Hoffa. Yeah. He rings her up. And the conversation, you only see it from De Niro. You don't cross-cut between De Niro, uh, Sheeran and Joe Hoffa. And he's telling her, how is he? I think it'll be all right. Yeah, he'll be. You know, got to be optimistic. If there's anything I can do, but we, you know, as the audience members, we know what he's feeling and thinking, and it's just. Uh, and he knows he's being duplicitous with somebody who he really yeah. likes. Yeah, genuinely, it's yeah. not uh, no. an affectation. He does. He's, he was close to them. Exactly. Uh, and, uh, he, he's murdered. He's been turned into a widow. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do we believe Frank Sheeran? I, when I read the book um, several years ago, it, you know, it's convincing. Obviously, there's no proof or evidence that that we can look at, look to. A lot of people have discredited him. Yeah, and it, say, it wouldn't be any evidence. Though. No. If, if there was, they wouldn't be doing their job right. No, no, that's right. Yeah, a lot of people dis- dismiss him, saying he's a bit of a fantasist. Yeah, we'll never know. No, no. But the film, the book, and now the film, present quite a convincing case. Yes, yeah. And as we said earlier on, when the legend becomes fact, yeah, you print the legend. Two people we haven't spoken about yet, uh, in terms of the performances, Stephen Graham. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, as... Uh, Tony Pro, yeah. the little man. The little man. Yeah. Another Tony. The another Tony. Is that, that's probably the only reason you've asked me on, is the, yeah, <laughs> it's well, my, my first name. <laughs> well, there's um, that, a great moment when, when the Hoffa is talking about, you know, different people. And they yeah. say, so, Tony, which Tony? Yeah. They're all Tony. <laughs> what is it about Italians? <laughs> they, they only give their children yeah. one name. <laughs> but, um, no, Tony Pro, the, yes, the little man, who's yeah. probably taller than Joe Pesci. Yeah. He's fantastic. I think he's a great actor, Stephen Graham, generally. And I remember the first time I saw him was in Snatch. Okay, yeah. And he plays a guy from London. Yeah. And I'm from London. And I didn't know, he must be a Londoner. And it was only until a couple of years later I heard him, and he's from Merseyside. Oh, so he's got a proper scout accent, yeah. does he? Yeah, I've actually heard him speak. He, yeah. And I've seen him in other films. He plays um, Babyface Nelson in Public Enemies. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's great Another in that. Another Michael Mann film. Another Michael Mann, I've got to mention him. And he has two, for me, standout scenes in the film, both with Pacino. Yes, the one in both the, sitting down, both sat sitting, in. both sitting down, well... For most of it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, Well, they kind of mirror each other, don't they? Yeah. The, in, the, in the prison, you know, Hoffa's enjoying his ice cream and they have words. He seems to like a lot of ice cream, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. <laughs> and obviously they uh, have words about um, pet and money, which is obviously usually the downfall or the yeah. disagreement, the leader uh, fallout. Phys- it becomes physical. And then that scene in Miami. Well, going back to the one in the prison. Yes. That's so funny because... Tony Pro has lost his million and a half or million two, whatever it was, that he's, you know, because he's in prison. Yes. And yet Hoffa's managed to keep his. Yeah. And the reason being, Hoffa is there for fraud. Yes. And Tony Pro is there for extortion. For extortion, yeah. And there's a discussion of almost as yeah. if, well, what's the difference? I know we'll get onto the humour in the film a bit later on, but there's a, there's some, you know, obvious humour in the film, but there's a, a line in, there in that scene, mm. there's almost throwaway, that really made me laugh when... <laughs> He says, what are you in here for? I'm in here for, for fraud. Well, you're in here for extortion, that's why. You stole money, yeah. Well, I stole money. I know we did it in different ways. And it was, like, it was almost <laughs> yeah. like a throwaway. Like, yeah. Really yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that scene, yeah, and obviously it leads to violence. Um, Tony Pro attacks Hoffa. A bit of tumble on the cross floor. Yes. Uh, yeah, and a black eye. Yes. <laughs> and um, as he said, later on, he says, you should have seen his ribs, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. But then, say, later on, they're both released from prison. Hoffa's looking to re-establish himself as president of the Teamsters Union, so they meet in Miami. Yeah, Hoffa needs Tony Pro's 
endorsement. Yes. So rather than ice cream, he's having to eat humble pie. Yeah. He just can't do it. Well, Tony Pro turns up 15 minutes late. Yes. And it's that long discussion about, yeah. I, I, I only ever wait 10 minutes. Yeah. Well, he should wait 15 because yeah. of traffic. You know, and of course, you come to a meeting dressed like that. And yes. And of course, um, Tony Pro is in shorts and his shirt is open. He yeah. says, well, it's Miami. Yeah. You know, you come to Miami dressed, you know, yeah. in a suit. He says, of course I do. Yeah. I it's come a to meeting. meeting. Business. Yeah, yeah. If I went to Timbuktu mm. in the meeting, I'd wear a suit. Yeah. So you say he has to ask for his endorsement. Yeah. So that he can carry his votes for uh, the presidency that he wants to reestablish. But the words stick in his throat. He, he, he does kind of, you know, ask him. Yeah. Almost politely. Mm. But then... Tony Pro wants an apology because back in the prison, Hoffa used the term you people or right. you guys or something yes. like that. So he wants an apology for that. And yeah. that's what Hoffa can't do. No. He can't apologize no. at all. No. Um, <laughs> and again, he's done more violence. Yes. And again, and another black guy. Yeah, <laughs> rolling about on the floor again. Um, but those two scenes are brilliant. Yeah. I mean, the scene, and Stephen Graham, he's just a fantastic actor. And yeah. again, you wouldn't think that he's a scouser based on that performance. No, not at all. You the actor. I mean, the New I'm, York. Yeah. Oh, he just sounded. Yeah. Bill Scurry has made a video about uh, British actors playing American roles oh, in the right. accent. So I'd like to hear what he uh, yeah. like to think. Yeah, you know, that he would says be, about, yeah. Uh, Steve yeah. Graham. Yeah, I'd like to hear that. Uh, yeah. His opinion on that. It's, it's, I suppose it's different, you know, being a New Yorker. You hear yes. the little nuances of speech that we don't hear. Oh. We just, hey, it's an American yeah. accent. <laughs> Sounds convincing to us. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know. um, but he, he, is, he is fantastic. And I think for any actor to be in a scene with De Niro and Pacino and hold his own. Well, you know, for anything, I think that no scenes. De Niro, he's almost, you know, he's, he's pushed aside, he's not, yeah. he's not an issue at all, is he? No, and it's, in, you know. in some respects, it's almost, that's him in, throughout the entire film. Yeah, when there's because power, he does try to make peace between them yeah. for a little bit, doesn't he? Yeah. So, it's not 10 minutes, it's not 15 minutes, yeah. let's, let's say 12 and a half minutes. Right down the middle, <laughs> yeah, beautiful. You know? And that kind of reflects the relationship between Hoffer and Buffalino uh, yeah. later, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's almost like a microcosm for the film, or his role in the film as a whole. Well, we know that De Niro has been in, is that is this the ninth? Ninth, yeah. Ninth film with Scorsese. Pesci. Mm-hmm. This is his fourth, I think. It's um, Raging, Raging Bull, Bull, Goodfellas, Casino. Yeah. We have mentioned Harvey Keitel. Remiss. That is remiss of us. I have to say, when the film was announced and Harvey Keitel was added to the cast, I was as excited yeah. as Pacino, De Niro and Joe Pesci. Because yeah. they've remained friends throughout the years, haven't they? Yeah, because uh, I think his Last Temptation of Christ was yes, the last yes, film yeah, he yeah. was in for himself, yeah. 1988. Something like that. Yeah, 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 so over 30 years ago. It's almost no. like a cameo, if you like. Yeah, yeah. A handful of scenes, if that. Yeah, but two or three scenes or yeah. so, isn't it? But he's still a great presence in it. You know, he carries a lot of weight in I, the film. He does. He seems to have a lot of authority. Yeah. And people defer to him. Yes. Even though he's just sitting in a bar for all the time. Yeah. You yeah. Know, or, or, or sitting in a lounge, you know. He's, uh, he's. I think he's a. You know, he's a great actor. And I think for those of us who perhaps grew up watching films, getting into cinema, say in the early nineties onwards, he was seem to be in every second film. He did. He had, uh, thanks to Tarantino, yeah. with Reservoir Dogs, he really had a, a resurgence. Yeah. But for us fans, especially of Scorsese fans, mm. you know, it's Taxi Driver as well. Oh, yeah. And um, Mean Streets. Yeah. You know, one of the themes of this film, which we, we discussed last night, uh, is one of the lines in Mean Street, one of the very early in the film, <coughs> which, which sums up that film, is you don't make up for your sins in a church, you do it in the streets. Yes. And that kind of Scorsese's career, yeah. you know, I expect many of his films do that. But also the Irishman, isn't it? Yeah, that, there's for me that's the overriding theme of it. Yeah. Having only seen it once, that's what I come away strong. Particularly the final half hour or so of the film. Yes, yeah, yeah. After Frank Sheeran has murdered his friend, yeah, Jimmy Hoffa, and he's aging. Yeah, the, the weight of his reactions over the course of his lifetime begin to weigh on him heavily. Yeah. Like many people, I suppose, towards the end of their life, they start to look to absolve themselves. Yeah, and he turns to religion. 
there was a great line in the voiceover in Casino where um, the De Niro character says, Las Vegas for us was like Lords. It washed away our sins, you know, morality car wash. Yeah. And in The Irishman, there's a scene where Frank, later in the film, after he's killed Jimmy Hoffa, you see him in a car, in his car wash, yeah. the car's being washed, and then as it emerges from the, the car wash machine, there's a, a sticker on the bumper saying, where's Jimmy Hoffa? Yeah. You know, with a number to call if you have any information about his whereabouts or if yeah. you know what happened to him. You know, it was a visual metaphor for, for him. Yeah, yeah. And he's trying to absolve himself. And, and yet, at the same time, it's not as clear-cut as I'm trying to absolve myself and that's it. Because yeah. when he's talking to the priest later and the priest says, do you have any regrets, you know, you know, of the people you killed? You know, how about the families? Well, I didn't know them. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Apart from one. Um, and, and, and that, I think, weighs heavily on him. But, yeah. But the rest, he's completely disconnected no, with no, it was almost like that was his job. Yeah. What do you do for a living? I paint houses. Yeah. Quote unquote. Yeah. And I do my own carpentry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it, the guilt, and particularly obviously for for killing his friend. Yeah. Weighed heavily. Well, should we talk about that now? The, yeah. The, the killing. Yes, yeah, certainly. You know, I mean, I think that spoiler alert. <laughs> I think anybody you would know that Jimmy Hoffa. At least he disappeared. Mm. I think people would know that if you're going to watch the, the film, yeah. and I think they'll know that you know the theme of the film is. Frank Sheeran killed him. Yes. It's not really a spoiler, I don't no. think. But what do you think of that scene? Because it's it's brilliantly done. And it's I find it interesting when you watch It's one of the most protracted scenes yeah. in the film because a lot of you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of scenes in this film. I think there was about three hundred um, different scenes in yeah. the whole film. But this one is perhaps one of the longest ones, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well obviously they're on they're en route to the wedding. Yeah. That you mentioned. Bill Buffalino's daughter, isn't it? They're driving from Philadelphia to I remember, is it Detroit? Detroit. So again, Frank Sheeran is taken by surprise by Russell Buffalino. Change of plan. You're going to Detroit this morning. Why? You're going to fly there and you're going to meet and uh, you know you have to do it. Yeah. And, and up until this point, throughout the trip, again, Sheeran has been the um, go-between. Isn't yeah. he? He's trying to get them all together to yeah. resolve everything. Yeah, he does try to be, he's a bit of a peacemaker, isn't he? Or he yeah. attempts to be anyway. Well, in, in that respect. Yeah. When he's not killing people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With people he likes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, he's dispatched. He gets on a, a private jet, a small private jet, to Detroit. And he knows what, he, what he's been sent to do. Yeah. And I suppose it does get quite involved in the mechanics of it, which, to my mind, makes it more chilling. And the, Yeah, because the, you see this it's an ordinary environment, an ordinary yeah. car. Yeah. And people talking. Yeah. Getting off the plane, driving yeah. around ordinary streets. Yeah. He's got the... Yeah, uh, the address written on his palm. Biro, yeah. He's yeah. looking around. Oh, is that yeah. it? Yeah. And even the bit where they go in... He goes into the house where they're supposed to meet and he sees a character we've seen earlier in the film, Sally Bugs, and he's cutting lino, obviously in the kind of reception area, for want of a better term, yeah, of yeah. the house, obviously to cover the carpet. Mm. But if there's any bloodshed, it'll just go on the lino. And they just spoke oh. about their jobs, as if, yeah. you know, that's it. Yeah, and the two guys were going to clean up afterwards just sat in the kitchen having a coffee and a, yeah. and a smoke. And he goes in and has a look around and it's so mundane and banal. Yeah, and they go and meet, goes and meet Hoffa, doesn't he? Uh, no, it's his, his son, Chucky O'Brien, his yeah. Jesse, foster son. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. And there's Sally Bugs. Yeah. And they meet and they go to the Red Fox. Yeah, and there's a fantastic conversation oh. about fish. <laughs> the fish. Yeah. Which fish is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because what, what was this? Uh, Jesse Plemons' character, mm. he's been carrying a fish in the car yeah. and the back seat is wet. Yeah. Sheeran doesn't want to sit uh, in the front in the because front. he knows that it could be him being yes. gone then. So he wants to sit in the back. Yeah. And there's an argument who should sit in the back because yeah. on the fish. And then, you know, Sally Bugs is there asking you, Jesse Plymouth's character, yeah. what fish was it? Yeah. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's a fish. I just yeah. went out. I got a fish. And I think that's, that scene could be viewed as, say, an almost like a Tarantino type of 
scene in that you, you, you yeah, know, they're yeah. just they're just talking about something that's inconsequential. Yeah. But as I said, as we well, discussed, it seems last it seems superfluous, mm. but it's not. I, I don't think so. No, I think as we said last night, I think what Sally Bugs is getting at, professional criminal, kills people, mm. something like that is so off key. Yeah. He's questioning what, why is that then? Yeah. What type of fish was it? Oh, I don't know. Why don't you know? You should know that. You know, what was it? Why are you making this up? Yeah, it's something that's off kilter in the world. Yeah. For us, if something's odd, we'll go, we'll just, you know, yeah. we'll question it by that spirit. But for them, yeah. if something's off, it could be their death. It's a matter, yeah, a matter of life or death or incarceration or not. Yes, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, freedom or liberty, yeah, yeah. Uh, or not. So, that, yeah, I, I don't think it was superfluous at all. No. Or, I think mean, there's something to it. No, but I mean, it quite a few laughs as well. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, then they go meet Hoffer who was supposed to meet at this Red Fox restaurant. Yeah. And that's, a good and that's the last place he was seen, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And I think because as they pull up, you can see him getting off a payphone. And I understand that what he was actually doing was calling his wife. That's the last time he spoke. Okay. To say, you know, they're not here. I don't I'm know going. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, he's outside the car and he sees his stepson. He says, what are you doing here? Oh, you know, I've sent me to come and pick you up. And the Sally Bugs in the front. Oh, this is one of uh, Tony Pro's guys. All right. He's like, oh, look who's in the back. And of course, Frank Sheeran's in the back. Yeah, I think Hoffer is a bit suspicious at that point yes. because he was in the front. Yes. You know, he was in the passenger seat. But when he sees Frank, he kind of relaxes then. Yeah, he? and that was the whole point of Frank Sheeran being sent to meet him, to, to yeah. allay all those fears or any fears that he may yeah. have, uh, have had. And, and also because, as um, Buffalino says, we send you into it because if we didn't, you would try to stop it, you know. Oh, yeah, don't call him, wasn't it? Yeah. But if yeah. you do, don't call yeah, him. Yeah, don't call him. And that's a great scene again, because you can see he's suspicious still, even though he sees his friend Frank yeah. in the back seat. He's looking, he's questioning it. You know, you can see in Frank Sheeran's face, it's almost like, don't do it. Don't, you know, don't, don't get in. Don't, don't get in. Yeah, no. just, you know, don't come with us. Don't get in the car. Because as soon as he gets in the car, that's it. It's yeah, over. That's it, yeah. And he just says, okay. And he, as an, I was watching, oh, you, yeah. and you know what's coming, but you, and it's inevitable. yeah. yeah. And he gets I in. know my heart was, was considering we've seen this such a mundane scene yeah. and mundane environment, mm. my heart was beating. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's coming. Yeah. Uh, so, in many respects, there shouldn't be tension, but there was. Of course, he gets in, and again, the friendship, they embrace, don't they? Frank. Yeah, they do. And, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm glad, glad you're yeah, here. Yeah, and, oh, yeah. worried, have, you got that, have you got your friend with you just in case? Yeah, yeah. I've got him in my pocket. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, not for the, reason, not for the reasons that mm. Hoffa expects. Yeah. And of course, he questions Sally Bugs. Um, insults him by calling yeah. him an errand boy. Yeah. One of Tony Pro's errand boys. They arrive at the house. And they talk about the fish again. The fish, the fish yeah. gets mentioned. <laughs> Never yeah. keep a fish Never. in your car. That's, that's a lesson for life. Hoffer's, Hoffer's <laughs> advice to his uh, foster son. Yeah, his last piece of advice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> keep him in good stead. Yeah. So they enter the house, uh, Frank and, and Jimmy Hoffer. Hoffer sees that the house is empty mm. and knows immediately, Frank, let's get out of here. Yeah. He turns for the door. He barely gets to the door and Frank shoots him yeah. two or three times. Yeah. Yeah, it's not glamorised at all. No, I, I read in um, Sight and Sound, he, he shoots him nonchalantly, but I don't think no, that was the case at all. No. It's almost as if, I've got to do it. You know, it's his it, job it, again. Yeah, yeah, and it was almost like a rush of blood for, for a second. You yeah. know, and he, they, it comes out of nowhere, yeah. and he shoots him, you know, and then he stands over him, and he's like, I've got to do it, this is my job, yeah. and he's professional, but yeah. you can see that there's some, you know, he knows what he's done as well. Instantly, yeah. Yeah. And even, I love the camera placement in that particular shot. Because not, he's not the camera when he shoots, when he does he actually shoots him. Frank shoots Jimmy Hoffer. It's in the lounge. The shooting is actually obscured a bit by yeah. part of like a partial wall. Oh, yeah. And then you cut to the other side and you just see him slumped on the floor. Yeah. So it, it, it happens kind of not out of frame, but you're obscured. And it's brutal. It is, yeah. You know it's coming, but it's still. 
And for me as well, in the other murders in the film, it's the gunshots, the sound effects. They're so yeah. loud and, and yeah. And, and we piercing. saw it in a, a small cinema without you know all the um, no. you know those fantastic whatever sound yeah. systems they've got. You know, yeah. this is a, we saw it in a, quite an old fashioned cinema. Yeah, and yet it was still loud and quite. And I think because the house was so quiet and. The only thing I could hear was my heartbeat, like yeah. I said. And then, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah, it was brutal. And then you see him after Frank Sheeran has done his deed. He drags his, uh, his friend's body and yeah. just places the murder weapon on top of him. Yeah, knowing that somebody else would do the rest. Yeah, the two guys he met earlier, they'll come and clean up. Yeah, that's one of the themes of the book, I think, was there's a lot of chains. There was a lot of links in various chains. Yeah. And one link will not know what the person after or the no. person before is going to do. Right. You know, when it's, you know, earlier in the film, he delivers... Uh, arms. He, all he does is get into a lottery and drive down the south and delivers what turns out to be arms. Yeah. But he doesn't know what they're for. No. It's nothing to do with him whatsoever. No. It's just his job. And you know the, the funny moment in that scene, of course, is that he was delivering to Dave Faraday, yeah. who um, Joe Pesci played in JFK. Yeah. And you know, the eyebrows. Yes. Yeah, the, um, and, and the ginger hair. For the Bay of Pigs. For the in Bay, Bay of Pigs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a lot of that Bay of Pigs, the assassination of JFK, all that mm. we see it second hand because mm. it's on the news, isn't it? Yeah, you know, we, we discover common. it as they discover it. Yeah, uh, you think that well, Sheeran knows. Then this is probably what, what I was doing. Yeah, and then by further link down the chain, you got Hackman, his, his daughter, who knows what he's been doing yeah. as well. You know, and, yeah. and knows the links. Yeah, TV news features quite prominent, quite, quite frequently, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Obviously, and even down to where he's in the home at the end, where he's watching. Um, is it the Balkans War? Uh, I can't remember. There's news coverage uh, okay, of is yeah, it the Balkans? Yeah. I, think, um, I think it was the former Yugoslavia that conflict. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it would have been then. So, yeah, it was quite well done. And it's a big thing about that with the start of his life, the start of his career, he's in the war. Yes. And he ends up watching more yeah, on TV. Yeah, yeah, you know. I didn't think of that. Yeah, no. yeah, I think that was well done. We've mentioned the humour in the yeah. film. Yeah. I was still surprised, though, because the whole screening was laughing at yeah. sometimes. They were some real genuine laughs. Yeah. There, you know? Uh, the scene at the beginning when he's a truck driver delivering uh, you know, meat. Yeah. To the food company, and then of course there's a seal to seal the the back doors of the truck. It becomes a bit enterprising. He starts selling a few of them. Yes. So it's a bit light. One or two. Uh, yeah. The seal is supposed to be put on by somebody at the warehouse. Yes. And then broken yes. when they arrive at the distributors. Yeah. And um, he shouldn't be no. involved at all. Should he, you know? Yeah. He he seems to fail once or twice in that, doesn't he? he doesn't yeah. uh, do what he's supposed to do, and so he starts selling a few of these uh, merchandise off. Yeah. To the local wise guys. That's it. But then there's one scene where he opens up his delivery. You open the doors and it's completely empty. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah. I'm only the driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, well, didn't you notice you were yeah. driving a, a, yeah. a light road? Yeah. Um, no. No. <laughs> what can I say? Yeah. It's just empty. Yeah, and everyone laughed. I mean, it was obviously it was supposed to be funny, but yeah, I didn't expect that was genuine yeah, yeah, laughs. Yeah, yeah. And there's quite a few of those right, throughout yeah. the film. There's yeah. quite a few little. And the other thing that um, was in the film quite a lot was little titles. So you, you see incidental character might only be in there for a few seconds. Yeah. He'll give the person's name. He'll say shot three yeah. times yeah. in the back, 1979. And they do that throughout the film. Yes. And I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. I thought it was a fantastic decision. And I've not seen anything like that before. No. And again, I think for me, it's another way of Scorsese saying this lifestyle is not glamorous. Mm. You, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah. And that's how most of these guys end up. Yeah, and a lot of them, when you see them, they do look a little bit glamorous because they've got the nice suits yeah. and they've got the nice cars and yeah. everything. And then they've got this title coming up saying that you know they haven't got long to live. No, and even at the, towards the beginning when... Well, the first time we see that Frank Sheeran and Russell Buffalino meet is Frank, truck driver, he's having trouble with a truck. He stops at a gas station and he's helped by Russell Buffalino. Mm. Helps him get the, the vehicle back yeah. on the road. 
He then subsequently meets him later, introduced to him in a, a restaurant, and he sees Russell Buffalino sit down with Angelo Bruno, played by Harvey Keitel. Keitel yeah. And he says, and in the voiceover, he says, I know that Russell Buffalino mustn't be a, a mechanic because he's sitting down with Angelo Bruno, yeah. who I know from the newspapers is the new head of the Philadelphia yeah. mob. And I think after that, his, his title card comes up saying, murdered, whatever the oh, date okay, was. Yeah, yeah. So even though he might be the boss and the big yeah, guy, yeah, he's yeah. not immune to being no, taken no. out. Um, and yet... Talking about humour, one of the very last titles is um, when Tony Pro gets arrested by the FBI yeah. and you've got you know, a big fella standing up going, hey Tony, what do you want us to do? And it just the title comes up and he gives his name and he yeah. says, uh, well liked by all, died yeah. of natural yeah, causes. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well liked by all, yeah. Or even when, um, after Frank has killed Jimmy Hoffa, he's arrested and in the voiceover he says, yeah, well they arrested me on, uh, on this and that and a bunch of other things. And then it cuts to him standing in the dock and his bullet points. Yeah. Murder, yeah. attempted murder, arson, embezzlement. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. yeah. They charge yeah. me for a bunch of other things. Yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't yeah. important. Yeah, <laughs> misdemeanors. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the murders in the film is um, Joey Gallo. They, there's a big scene in the Copacabana, which is, of course, where in the in Goodfellas, we got that, you know, the famous um, scene with yeah. the, the steady cam going yeah. down underneath. In that film, we see, the, you know, the bowels of the Copacabana. Yeah. In this, we see it's almost like a balcony, is it, or perhaps yes. a raised area? Yes. Yeah, with Joey Gall- Joey Gallo sat, and the other guys are sat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could imagine, you know, Henry Hill sitting down, right? At the front, yeah, you know, that's right. Listening to Steve Van Zandt <laughs> singing. You know, I have to admit, when I first saw, it, I thought that doesn't sound like Steve Van no. Zandt. Well, it oh, does look like him. Steve Van Zandt. That's Frank Sheeran appreciation, isn't it? I think that's a bit later. Is it? Yeah. I think oh, is he? Think oh, of, I only read about this, this today. Oh, it's Don the, Rickles. Yes, Don Rickles Don, is who of course is in Casino. Yes, of course, as, yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember his character's name, but he's in Casino. Yeah, because he makes that joke. He says, I'll make fun of everybody. I'll make fun of Jews and blacks and, yeah. and Italians. Not those Italians. Yeah. yeah, I knew there was some connection, but yeah. Yeah, Steve that's Van Don, Sa- right, yeah. yeah. And, uh, yes, and then, of course, the Van appreciation Zandt. dinner, yes. which is a very, very important moment. Yeah. And then you've got Steve Van Zandt on the stage yeah. with a really bad suit. And it's not his voice no. at all. Uh, and he's, he's loving it, I think. He's got a lovely uh, wig. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Well, you don't see his hair very often. No. Apart from oh, of course, sopranos. he's not wearing a bandana. Yeah, because no. in real life, he always wears that bandana. Yeah. bandana. I, I didn't recognise him until you mentioned it, and then when as soon as you, soon as you said, I, I could see him. Yeah. I could see his eyes. You know, yeah. Well, you know, this is uh, Bruce Springsteen oh, Appreciation yeah. Society in this house. You know, <laughs> the E Street Band. Yeah, that that moment though, a bit later. Yeah. The appreciation, the Frank Sheeran um, tribute, whatever it was called. Yeah. Is a dinner that put together, you know, a testimony to him almost. Yeah. That's the moment where Buffalino tells Sheeran. You know, there's there's possibility that Hoffa could be hit. So the Coca Cabana that he meets um, Joey Gallo, yeah. and again, it's Frank Sheeran who steps between Buffalino and Gallo. He does access with an ombudsman. He does, a yeah, lot of the time yeah, in yeah. The film. That leads later to the murder of Joey Gallo. Yes, and that's pretty brutal, isn't it? Again, yeah. Uh, he the way it's described in the book, from what I can remember, is very you know it's represented pretty much faithfully in the film. He goes in and there's a bit of a, you know you see him even in the, the clam the, house, isn't the it? clam house yeah. restaurant. But just prior to that, when he know he's been given the order to, to hit uh, Gallo, he goes through the mechanics of which weapon, yes. which gun, which, <laughs> which firearm. In itself, is quite amusing. Yeah, and, and it shouldn't be, but no. it is. No. Yeah, it, it, um, well, we don't use a forty-five because it would be too loud. Yeah, you want you need two. Yeah, another one is a bit too. You don't have a silencer because no. it's too quiet. Yeah, and you want the passers-by to panic and run yeah you know any witnesses yeah you know the tools of your trade and yeah as you say it's quite chilling but humorous yeah. at the same time that's got echoes of uh, Michael Corleone's when he murders yeah uh, yeah you know whatever Salonzo Salonzo yeah, yeah. And, uh, because he's told you know uh, just to shoot don't hide it yeah because everybody will flee yeah and they will remember you then right but that's and it's so clinical because they drive up to the um, clam house yeah he gets out 
he does the murder, and the other, you know, the driver is going around the block yeah. to come back to take him away. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, oh, it's it's brutally done again. He shoots the guy in front of his family. They're yeah. having a dinner, which they wanted as well. Yes, to send, send a, a message. message. Yeah. Then you know the guy staggers out, crashes through the glass of the yeah. door and he shoots him again and he's on the street yeah yeah and then just calmly gets into the car and drives off you know one thing that um, is through the whole film is ways to say they want to kill somebody mm. but nobody ever actually says it no you know it is what it is yeah i want somebody to do you know do a favor yeah and then that's played for laughs because we need something done okay i'll do it no not no, that yeah, that's right yeah yeah not that not that no no yeah um, and um, buffalinos end up gets caught because he says we've got a friend who wants to go to australia yeah they're all euphemisms for practical reasons because they can't say well you told me to kill x y z no i didn't i said no. you go and speak to him or mm. send him a message yeah and it's throughout the entire film but yeah that that again that humor of yeah buffalino says to frank you know, Go and speak to him or sort him out. Yeah. What that? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'll go and yeah, see no, him. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that's his knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. Deal with an issue, or we'll just take him out. And that's yeah, it's a way of making fun of the the dialogue of yeah. this particular, you know, very um, sub society. Yeah. And reflects the as we said already said the the fact that Hoffy thinks that everybody's called Tony and yeah, uh, and yeah. It's, uh, you know, was it Tony? Is it Tony Whisper? And oh, Whisper the guy oh, Salerno. Yeah, no, there's one character, this, I think it's called Whisper. But oh, not, yeah, not, Whisper. not that Whisper. Yeah, yeah the Whisper. that's right. Yeah, the good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They need a wider vocabulary, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the other big moment in the film, and the moment where Hoffer, we, we find out really Hoffer is going to be, it, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's in the testimonial appreciation yes. for Frank. And that's a moment where, you've already mentioned this in a, sort of, in a way, that his daughter, Peggy, that's the moment she realises what's going yeah. to happen as well, almost. Yeah, there's and, a great... You know, she um, realises that her, almost like a favourite uncle, yeah. is in danger. Yeah, and he can't see it. Even no. though he's told, in no uncertain terms, yeah. you're in danger. Yeah. He won't accept it. No. And even when he, he gets the idea, oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah. Nah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, they, they wouldn't dare. They wouldn't dare. Like don't, files. Don't say they wouldn't dare. No. Because there's that great shot. You, you see Peggy, the adult Peggy, Anna Paquin, dancing with Jimmy Hoffa. And she looks across, and it does a whip pan yeah. to the table. There's a shot in the trailer. And you see Russell, uh, Russell Buffalino sat in the middle. One side of him is Tony Pro. Yeah. The other side is Tony Salerno. Tony Pro is the year off yeah. Russell Buffalino. And it's clear they're talking about Jimmy Hoffa. Yeah. And it's clear that they're talking about eliminating him. Yeah. And uh, she can see it, yeah. but Jimmy Hoffa can't. No. It's up to Buffalino to go upstairs and take Sheeran to the side. And yeah. you get in that scene in the trailer when he gives him the ring. Yes. And then he says... Something's going to be done. Mm. It is what it is. That's, yeah. that's, there's no argument. No. No. Nothing you can do about it. No. You know? I think, is that when he mentions about higher-ups? Is that, that, yeah. is it yeah. that scene? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to know who the higher-ups are. Yeah, because he doesn't mention anyone higher-up no. prior to that, I don't think, from what I can remember. No, you think he's... Mm. Anyway, I don't know much about the hierarchy of, no. of the mafia, but yeah. as we said earlier, there's always a bigger fish, I yeah. suppose. You know, there's yeah, always yeah. somebody in yes. charge. Yes. Was Buffalino, was he in charge of his family, or were they a major family, do you know? I think... He had his own family. Yeah. I think they were, I think they're still operational from what I understand in, in Pennsylvania. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I think they're named after him, the Buffalino oh, okay. um, crime family. And you I think they changed the name for, um, you know, just <laughs> kind of, you know, remember the Buffalino family. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Then we'll watch you then. <laughs> you know. yeah. And from what I understand, even though they were a fairly minor outfit, yeah. he, he in particular held quite a sway yeah. nationally. Yeah, there is mention about how whenever there's disputes between people, he was the one who brought in yeah. to talk him over. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe he was highly regarded, but maybe didn't have the power as some of... Yeah. Where was he from? Pennsylvania, is that? Uh, yes. Is that Philadelphia I, or something like that? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. the, yeah. So maybe it's because it's a New York family is usually 
Yes. True, well, as far as I yes. know, had the, the true power, didn't Yeah, they? the five families, yeah. Well, you see that there's a brief scene with the murder of Albert Anastasia in the barber shop. Yeah, and that, yeah. They show that because yeah. he was head of um, Murder, Inc., Murder Incorporated, yeah. you know, the yeah. hitmen. Was it Lucky Luciano and all those? Uh, I think you're yeah. right. But I remember he was the head yeah, of that. And that's going back to after the Al Capone days, isn't it? Doesn't yeah, it? this yeah, is yeah. 50s, certainly post-war. And that was a famous murder, obviously yeah. given the, the location of it. Yeah. And I think there's a famous photograph of him in the chair. Yeah, yeah. And I think they used the actual photograph in yes, the film. Yes, yeah, I think they did. Uh, yeah. 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 Um, but again, that was, I think that took place in New York City. Oh. But he was brought in to smooth things over, yeah. as you say. Or they went to him, which again oh. mirrors what Frank was trying to do in, in the film, isn't it? He's trying well, to... Yeah, I suppose, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that, isn't it? There's a lot of sides. Mm. And in many ways, you know, Frank and to a lesser extent, Buffalino, they're the ones stuck in the middle a lot, yeah. trying to calm everybody down mm. and trying to bring everybody together. Part of the reason for the road trip is to try and get Hoffa and Tony Pro and yes. the others together again. Yes. And Buffalino keeps on telling Sheeran, you know, you need to phone him, yes. you know, to make sure, you know. Yeah. Generally, let's, let's just talk about what do you think of the film. I think people would have an idea of what do you think of the film. It lived up to the expectations. Yeah. It surpassed them. And I think, as we were saying, you know, 29 years since Goodfellas was released, we're still talking about Goodfellas. I think it'll be the same for The Irishman. Yeah. In, yeah, in, in decades from now, we'll still be talking about And what's great is that it's different, as we said earlier, it's different from Goodfellas. It's different yeah. from Casino. So it's not just a rehash or a variation on a theme. It, mm. it's, it's its own identity. It is, and if you were to tell me beforehand that perhaps the last half hour of the f- film is going to be an old people's home, yeah. going back with a great line, some FBI come to uh, visit, oh, yeah. and he says to them, uh, you know, talk to my lawyer, your lawyer's dead, yeah. who did it? Yeah, yeah, who <laughs> did know? it? Cancer. Yeah. It's like, that's the world he's in, he's, yeah. he's, he's conditioned yeah. to believe that, you know, this is what how things happen. Yeah, people don't die of natural know. causes, they get killed. Yeah. Yeah, who did it? But I, I think if somebody said, you know, in the last half hour, takes place in an old people's home, everything. Yeah, well, yeah. That, uh, and yet it's done so, so well, isn't it? It's brilliant, yeah, the, the whole weight yeah. of his life. And I think given the age of the filmmakers, they're at an age now where they're looking back on their own yeah. lives, maybe. And there was a great quote I read from Scorsese, which said, it's not just a case of looking back on your life, it's looking within, yeah. looking within yourself. I think that's what Frank Sheeran does both yeah. in the film. It's so powerful, the whole is, film. But as you say, that last section... 30 or, 30 or so minutes is particularly... And it's it's not your bog-standard crime film fare. And as we said before, Scorsese has his many imitators, but I think most, if not all of them, miss the point of yeah. how good he is yeah, and what yeah, he does yeah, that's yeah. special. Yeah, because they think of it as... They, they'll see, for example, Goodfellas, and they'll see the first about well, 60 70% of the film, yeah. which, if you see it in isolation, does glamorise, yeah. because that's the point of that mo- moment. Yeah. Because you see... The highs, and then of course at the end it comes crashing down. Yes, and it's the same with this. And I think people see that and think, ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to grow up to be a gangster. And think, right. oh, isn't that cool? Yeah. And they try to imitate him, right. and they end up focusing on that. Yeah. Without seeing that the reason why the film is so powerful mm. is because we see the downfall, and we see the you know. Oh yeah. If people try to imitate the Irishman, they'll probably forget about the regret. They'll forget about the you know the the burden yeah. that Frank Sheeran carries. Oh, yeah. That was the most powerful aspect of it for me. Yeah. Do you I, feel sorry for him at the end? Difficult to. I mean, it's yeah. the character is a human being. Yeah. And he's done some terrible things in his yeah. time. I, I did feel sorry for him when he went to the bank to try and see his, his daughter. Yeah. 
And, and that's uh, quite a strong scene. I think the isn't it the, the final scene when he leaves the door open. Mm. And, you know, it's not the last night of his life. Did he die just before Christmas? Oh yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, yeah. It could be. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, I'd have to verify that. But yeah, yeah, that's yeah. something that I thought about a bit later because you know, is it because we don't know anything else? You know, obviously at the end of the film. No, it would be a natural time to end. Yeah, a natural time for him. You and know, I thought it was a great final scene. A in terms of the film itself, in that you see this guy who didn't, was a tough guy, for yeah. want of a better term did some terrible things but yet it shows him completely vulnerable and he's saying to the police I'll oh, just leave the door open for me Yeah, I don't like the door being closed no. you know, I'm you know, I don't, afraid of the dark or afraid of being isolated yeah. from other people maybe he's just afraid of being alone with his thoughts yeah probably Probably yeah. that was main, mainly that was it and then of course you think Scorsese being Scorsese you think is this a sly reference to the searchers at the end you know the, oh, the, okay. the door yeah yeah, yeah. And the character isolated yeah he doesn't belong no no and you think perhaps it's a long shot but um he did a kind of, was this a searcher's reference? You know, he's got this past, and I think he was very proud of his relationship with Hoffer. Yeah. And yet, he talks to the, the nurse there. She didn't have a clue who he was. No, no. You know. She said, you, you know, oh yeah, I know him. She, no, you don't. No, you're right, I don't. Yeah, and then she kind of dismisses him then and changes the subject, you know, which yeah. is sad. It, it, yeah. But then again, he's there, and he's all alone, and he hasn't got his family, for a good reason. Yeah, oh, yeah, he, yeah, all self-inflicted. Yeah. Whatever he feels, it's all... Yeah. self-inflicted it reminded me a little bit of the end of the third godfather film mm. where yeah. I'm, I, my, I'm fairly certain that the first draft of the screenplay for the godfather part three michael is killed oh okay but of course in the film he witnesses his daughter being killed and then he lives to a, an old age yeah. and he dies alone and i always felt that was almost like the karma that's what he he's, he was paying for his sins his just desserts wasn't to be killed it was to live in contrast with his father's death, because he died alone in the, yeah. in the garden, just like Michael does. But he was surrounded with his family. Mm. He had his child with him, yeah. you know, and he was playing with his child when yeah. he died. And yet Michael, who, you know, did try and do yeah. good things, he died all alone. Yeah. Whereas Frank, you know, he didn't he didn't try and do good things. He, no. you know, he, he was his job and he was mm. a professional and he just did it, didn't mm. he? You know, this, I can't remember which studio boss, you know, used to say that you could judge a... The quality of a film by the amount of times you have to get up to go to the toilet. <laughs> no. And of course, this is a long film, three and a half hours. And I didn't feel like moving at all. No. I didn't feel like getting up. I, no. And when the end comes, mm. and you know that the end is coming, mm. I thought, this end, it must be a really long one, because this yeah. certainly hasn't been three hours. No, it? no, it didn't feel like that at all. I didn't think it dragged. I didn't feel, oh, this is dull. Yeah. This could hurry up a bit, but no, not at all. No, three hours and 29 minutes, is it? <laughs> Some incredible length for a, a mainstream feature film. Yeah, I think it was um, the second longest film I've ever seen in the cinema, right. behind Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, right. I think that was only about a couple of minutes longer. Yeah, and, and that, that had an intermission. I was going to say that has an intermission. Yeah, yeah this, there's no uh, there's no break in this one. No, no, but I don't think it needed it. No, it, it's so compelling. Yeah. It warranted the running time. I think it was um, Bill Scurry who described the film as I think he said it's a wonder of a film. I yeah. know, and I know somebody else described it as Goodfellas meets Silence. Oh, I think that's really apt, yeah. Yeah. I mean, silence is a good um, comparison. Because yeah, you didn't tone. see Silence until quite late, did you? No, um, I didn't see it at the cinema. I th- yeah, I think you loaned it to me, and yeah. we, I watched it. And yeah. I, again, it wasn't that long ago, was it? No, uh, last 12 months or so. Was it? And again, it has this almost hypnotic quality to it. It's It's got a stately pace yeah. that you just get compelled in, and, and you, you can't stop watching it. And it's, again, with this film and, and Silence, he's toned down, Scorsese has toned down the camera moves the dazzling editing it's not as prominent say yeah but that, I think that he's always done that if the story 
dictated. Yeah. Because if you look in the eighties, you know, he was a young man then. Yeah. And then you'd see some like After Hours, and then the King of Comedy. Yeah. After Hours, the cameras everywhere. Yeah. It's all over the place. Yeah. You know, and some of the things they did were even a matter of just picking up a phone. The camera would <laughs> rush to you know the phone. <laughs> you know. Through, yeah. yeah. And and then in um, the King of Comedy. The camera doesn't move hardly yeah, at all. I haven't seen so, that for years, but yeah, you, know, you might can remember. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then with uh, the last temptation of Christ, which I think was the next in the, in the line, it's a, it's a bit of both, you know. Yeah. Some of the scenes, it's a, a little bit rushed. It's yeah. a little, you know, depending on what's happening. Mm. And then of course, Goodfellas, it's all over the place. To an Avella trailer, yeah. That's a really good way of describing yeah, he, it. He, he, I'm sure he said that himself. That's what he wanted it to feel, this exhilaration, the description, which is exact. One of the great things about it being a Netflix movie is yeah. we've just seen in the cinema. For us, as we record in, it's available on Netflix in two weeks' time. Yeah. And I will be watching it again. Yes, me too. Excellent. So there's The Irishman. Yeah. We recommend it. Kind of. <laughs> I think for me, I can't imagine a film coming along which I can say was going to beat it for film of the year. And I think oh. it's the best film for Scorsese, Silence holds yeah. a very special place in my heart because I love Silence. Yeah. But I think it's up there with his very, very best. Oh, yeah. After one viewing, I would, I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah. yeah. I do think that we need multiple viewings to truly appreciate films. Yeah. But And I also, I also say that the first viewing is one experience mm. and subsequent viewings are a different experience. Oh, yeah. But on the first viewing experience, you know, this is a you know, 12 out of 10 and a oh, fantastic movie. Oh, it's one for the ages, I think, already. Yeah. Yeah, instant classic. So, that's The Irishman, fully recommended by us at uh, Film 89. If you get a chance to see it in the cinema, do so. And if you get a chance to see it on Netflix, that it's a must-see, 100%. You've got to go out and watch it. So, Tony, this is your first Film 89 podcast. Where can people get in touch to you? If you... Uh, my Twitter handle is Anthony, oh, sorry, at Anthony underscore sower you can contact me on at welsh bluesman on twitter and don't forget you can also go to at film 89 uk for lots of film news reviews and general cinephile geekiness until next time it's been a pleasure hope that uh, we all see you soon and tony i hear you paint houses i also do my own carpentry <laughs>